na 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 Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> From my dining room table on South First Street in Extra Extra Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, to make nice games. In this episode, your nice hosts bring you another Nice Games Bulletin. We discuss the latest news from the broader world of video games, or at least as latest as we are able. And so, if everyone's ready, let's start. I'm glad it wasn't me that did this. <laughs> well, thanks for the assist. <laughs> You're welcome. Anytime. There, there and in the intro as well. <laughs> it's news time. Yeah. Uh, we've got all sorts of things to talk about. And because of our weird recording schedule, yes. um, we're actually going to be relatively timely with this one. Yeah. Um, re- yes, relatively. relatively. <laughs> yeah. Probably already tired of hearing about this. Yeah, this don't point, get used to it, people. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. We are still at Mark's place uh, recording. We're going to make sure to keep it pepping. We'll see you say still. Still. But we're actually releasing these episodes out of order. Crap! No! Ah, <laughs> so this is news to people. Oh, okay. So we're, this, we've never been at... Nope. I don't know where I'm going. You know, oh. tune, in next, tune in next week to yeah. learn all about why we're here at my place <laughs> instead of in the clubhouse. Yeah, that's good. Uh, <laughs> uh, in other news, uh, Stephen, you're going to E3. I am! That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, I've, it's been a dream of mine to go to E3. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, uh, it's nice because I got uh, I'm industry now, so I can I get to yeah. go for free. <laughs> you got it's like a whole process to sign up for it, and like they needed ident- they needed two forms of identification, and like I don't have I don't have like an IGDA membership or anything like that, so I was really worried about it when I applied. I didn't know if they would accept my stuff because like my company changed like names and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and I was like, ah. but that's always the case for these things. Yeah. You feel like what is the what's the the uh, you know the council of elders that reviews your thing? Yeah, I think they just they ask for a lot because yeah. one or two of them is enough. And they just want to like, you know, there's enough different credentials probably. Sure. Um, that said, it's not, they don't just give it out to anybody. That's true. Um, it's actually not, you know, it's not just a, you know, yeah, I make games and I'll invite you. Yeah. Like, so you're pretty special. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah good, good job getting that free pass. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, the way I heard of it is it's basically like, um, um, uh, like going to a park, a thrill park. Um, but like you play games instead of like going on a mm-hmm. roller coaster or something. And I like thrill parks, so this will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> you just be camped out in whatever Nintendo announces Probably, for the fall. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Maybe they'll talk about new Smash characters. I'll totally just sit in line for four hours so I can play a character in Smash like one day. Then you're going to go home and buy. <laughs> yep. I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, Nintendo? So uh, Luigi's Mansion 3. Oh, yeah. That's what true. else doesn't have a date? Uh oh oh Animal Crossing yeah I, that's right that's probably gonna be a big fall release they'll, yeah they'll bring something up for that there's a new yeah. Pokemon right yes like a traditional Pokemon game oh yes that's right that'll be there oh dang got a lot of games and then maybe a, maybe an unannounced thing or two yeah ooh, it'll be fun <laughs> and then yeah maybe I'll play Sony games or Microsoft games we'll see. <laughs> 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 You'll glance over in their direction. Yeah. They'll, they'll be there and I'll be like, I acknowledge you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they'll feel honored. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, in other news, we're going to see a, a Deep Space Nine documentary, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yeah, because we would like to talk about Star Trek here on the program. <laughs> yes. You'll find out more about that next week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to this. It'll be fun. Yeah. So Deep Space Nine is my favorite Star Trek series. Martha, is that true for you? Uh, I mean, yes. I mean. Well, Voyager's closer to your heart. Right. But DS9 is actually an objectively better show. <laughs> I, whenever you say that, you're just sort of sad when you say that. Like, well, it is a really good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, you just wish Voyager was better. Exactly. Yeah. That's the, yeah. I'm not, like, props to DS9. It's my, literally the best one. Mm. But uh, I wish Voyager's level of competency was a little bit better <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> overall. Like, yeah. there are some really good Voyager episodes, but they are pulled down by like the Omega episode and the episode where they turn into lizards and no one ever talks about that again. Okay. And all that sort of stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Star Trek D Space Nine premiered in 1993. So it had its 25th anniversary recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, Iris Stephen Bear, the showrunner of the later seasons, uh, who was really responsible for like a lot of the tone of the show in, in its sort of final uh, years, okay. um, raised money to make a documentary about the show. Um, this, this, you know, DS9 is one of those shows that had like a lot of serialized storytelling and uh, that presaged shows like um, uh, Battlestar Galactica and Lost and uh, the, the and the modern era of TV where you just sort of binge episode after episode. Mm-hmm. And so at least it gets some credit for that, how much it deserves, who's to say. But um, as the Star Trek property, it was always seen as like the stepchild. Yeah. Right? It was always like a, because it was never on by itself. It was always... There was always another Star Trek happening at the same time. Oh, okay. And so it was always the second Star Trek show for its entire run. Hmm. Um, interestingly. Yeah. But, you know, it's well, it's, it's sort of gotten a new fan base in recent years. And so they have this documentary and they're going to they're gonna show it in theaters. Um, so yeah. when this episode comes out, it'll be like in a week or so, right? I think you're right. Something like that. So like, there's probably still available. You can check it out online if you like want. We're not here to sell at, but like we're going we're gonna to go. We're going yeah. to have a good time. Maybe we'll, we'll meet you there. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, someone will recognize your voice, Martha. Probably. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited. Mark, you s- wrote down here that you actually finished Baba Is You. Yeah, I got. I beat all the levels. Wow. Um, that's it. That's all I have to say on the topic. Okay. okay. I, did, I promised. I promised uh, listeners I would. I would fill. I would. Oh you know, right, this is the update, update from last. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Actually, was the last bulletin. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you did it, y'all. Yeah. All uh, 220 odd or whatever they are. Yeah, I feel okay about it. <laughs> <laughs> you just sound so down about it. No, I've talked about it before, but it just, okay. I, 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 I love that game. I just yeah. wish I liked it more than I did. Sure. The, the actual it's, a, it's the Voyager of games. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I mean, that's a mean thing to say about something. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, let's get into some news. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, upcoming or recent releases. Mortal Kombat 11 just came out and it looks real bloody. (laughs) Surprising no one. (laughs) This is interesting because you're a huge fighting game fan. I am. I don't know that you have a history with Mortal Kombat. Uh, I played Mario Kombat 9 and I played 10 a little bit, but I played 9 a bunch. But you also do not like blood and guts. Nope. I don't. You know, in 9... You don't like it when people pull out each other's spines and stuff like that? I can't say I'm a fan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of... Yeah, I'm really. I'm screaming. so surprised. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, but like, yeah, this one looks expe- especially like nasty. Uh, the ten, like Mortal Kombat Ten X, I guess, whatever, uh-huh. um, looked really bad. But I was like, okay, I can take this. I can tolerate it enough. Maybe right. I'll try it. I didn't like. I don't like Mortal Kombat that much, so I didn't play it much. But I mean, uh-huh. I'll, I'll play a new fighting game. Um, but like Eleven just looks 
Ugh. Oh, I just, I don't even want to look at it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess, but like, yeah. how much more little is it than the previous two? Like, I don't, I don't know. With it, the, the x-ray of all the things. It's so bizarre, and there's so much blood. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's like cartoonish in a weird oh, way. Oh, yeah. It's like super cartoonish. I think yeah. that's why I was able to tolerate nine, because the graphics were not good enough for me to make it, like, feel extra disgusting. Well, but get like, it on Switch. Like, I hear the graphics aren't as detailed. <laughs> <laughs> I might, I might think about this. <laughs> um, but like, it's just this one just looks so detailed in how the brains get squished from someone's skulls or oh, whatever. God. So I just yeah. Content warning, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> well, I, sorry. I read a thing about how it it has a you to use everyone in game development's favorite phrase. It has a lot of ludonarrative dissonance Ugh. because <laughs> the Mortal Kombat games yeah. have uh, rare amongst fighting games have an extensive single player mode. That's right. With lots of uh, uh, narrative cutscenes and cinematics and like a, and like characters with depth and history, which is. I, I can't believe it. <laughs> it doesn't make it, you know. Sure. Um, there's a, there's a lot of lore to this series, and, mm. and there's a canonical story and all that. And like, there's some. The article I read was saying like, oh, you play like Sonya Blade's daughter, and you and you. There's a, a one of the training matches. It's like teaching you how to play the game. Okay. Is fighting against your mother in this like <laughs> okay. bat, in sort of a battle arena just to test out, and then like you like break her spine and uh, like drill <laughs> put a drill into her forehead yep. and then the, uh. the, the cutscene after is just like all right the good training Ma. <laughs> like yeah like, okay like, there's, there's a lot of that stuff in fighting games but it's real bad in world combat yeah and like just like like in uncharted somebody gets clipped with a bullet in their leg and then like they can't fight the next round yep. and you're like uh, excuse me <laughs> uh, didn't you get your heart pulled out <laughs> right <laughs> Uh, yeah. Maybe they're all immortal. Is that part of the story? I think that's, I know. some of them are immortal or something. Because it's like the f- game is like JoJo's adventure. It mm-hmm. sounds like just uh, in a fighting game form. Because that happens to JoJo's adventures too. Yeah, the people anime. Will get their spines broken and then yeah, they and just then they're fine. Get up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think they I mean- breathed more and then they're fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think they just embrace the disconnect, right? Yeah. Like you have to, right? Yeah. 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 Otherwise, you can't get all the good uh, cut people in half fun that uh, comes with them. <laughs> I just can't yeah. even. Yeah. There's been press about this game. And the reason I put it on the list is um, they, they got MMA fighter Ronda Rousey yeah. to voice Sonya Blade. Right. She's yeah. a big fan of Sonya Blade. Like, the, But you, I only know that because they're putting her out to press. Like, she was on the Colbert show. And like, oh, wow. and that's how they're promoting this game is with uh, this bit of stunt casting. Okay. Um, and Ronda Rousey is a kind of problematic figure, mm. actually. Um, we'll put a which link. I just found out about and I'm bummed I'm sorry <laughs> um, but not only that apparently to, you know not to be evil games club but apparently she's a terrible actor so oh uh, yeah <laughs> but you know stunt casting is stunt casting it gets the job done for what it's for but uh-huh. anyway there's uh, other elements she's apparently sort of spread some conspiracy theories and is not a anyway <sighs> we can put we'll put in the show notes because I think it's in, it is worth reading disappointed um, <laughs> because of like the the I think gaming is now a mature enough medium yeah. that we should not be forgiving these things we should be paying, <laughs> and we are paying attention to these things yeah. especially like how the games are getting made we're talking about you know uh, crunch and Layoffs yes, and all that yeah. stuff. So, like, this is this is relevant information. Yeah, and we've got news on that uh, in the rest of this episode. So, yes. uh, we'll go to the next game there's, anyway. There's good news, too. <laughs> yeah, there is, there's some good news. Yeah. Stay tuned for that. Uh, you never know which is which. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. What else came out? Uh, yes, yeah, so Nintendo Labo VR came out. And I see, Mark, you have one yeah, sitting over one. there. Yeah, I think I mentioned this when we talked about it when it was announced, is I just wanted to try it. And uh, there's the Mario and Zelda experiences that they had. Mm-hmm. So I got I got the cheaper version, just has fewer of the put-together toys, which I think limits the experience. 
because um, when you build a little headset, you throw your switch in there and you put it on your face and you see all little cardboard shavings in your view, which is a thing I've done from Google Cardboard. You really <laughs> have to take your phone out and wipe it off because it's always like oh yeah stuff on it. Yeah, uh, it's like that times ten on the <laughs> on the Labo. Um, but uh, all the demos they include with it are really really surface level, like oh. very Unity. Uh, my first demo, like how do I do a jumping mechanic? How okay. do I do a shooting mechanic? Mm. Real real thin, huh. very not Nintendo. Yeah. Um, and there's like 30 of them or something, very small experiences. And they're meant just to show you, you know, just have a little thing. Um, and because I didn't get the full kit with all the different experiences, I didn't really get to see the polished Nintendo experiences. Ah. So, um, and I haven't tried the Zelda thing yet. Oh, okay. um, I just haven't had a time to, to, to really get into it, but I hear it makes you sick. So, ah, well, that's <laughs> I was not, I'm not surprised about that. Yeah. Well, we I think we theorized uh, that it might be like, a, oh, it'll just be the normal game, but you could also move your head around. Yeah. No, it's less than that. Oh, it's no. just the normal game, and it turns your head motions. It just keeps the same motion control uh-huh. from the game. Literally, oh. all it does, it's basically 3D mode, not VR mode. Oh, oh God. So you, for, you want to turn off motion controls uh-huh. so that your head doesn't rotate around Link. Yeah. And then you use the right stick as you normally would. And if you're familiar, if you've played like Fallout in VR, any of those games that are twin stick style games mm-hmm. uh, in VR and are comfortable, then you'll be okay. It'll just be 3D Zelda. Yeah. But uh, if you're expecting, if you, yeah, if you move your head movements, it, you will barf immediately. Oh, wow. Is what I hear anyway. I haven't tried it for myself, partly because okay. the first impressions I read were like, eh, and so I'm like, okay, well, I, I definitely want to try it, uh-huh. but I'm less motivated to really get into it. So, well, let us know how it goes. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, I recommend it, like, for kids especially. Like, it's oh, a, yeah. It's a good way to introduce kids to VR. I think it's, it's right. A, and it's a cheap way of doing it, too. Like, um, yeah. most, I mean, at this point, I'm sure you've probably bought uh, Switch for your kids because <laughs> they've been asking. <laughs> if you're uh, a good parent. Right. <laughs> Wow, guys. <laughs> so my nephew's birthday is, yeah. was this month, and my sister was like, I'm going to give him one of those finally. Yeah. <laughs> He's been asking for two years. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember. Every when, time I go over uh, to my sister's place, my nephew runs up to me and goes, did you bring the video game? <laughs> Same with yeah. my cousins. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's so cute. And I'm like, when he has his own, is he going to love me? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, once my parents got me Super Smash Brothers, I stopped loving them. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still love you, Mom and Dad. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Picross 3, uh, S3, came out. This is, uh, you played this, right? I have not. I only pl- I played, I'm playing Picross S2. My brother has been playing S3. Okay. I, I started on S1. Why are they all S's? Picross uh, 1. Special edition. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I started on the first one um, when my brother was playing the second one because I, I was watching him play and I was like, how do I play this? And then I got frustrated <laughs> while I was playing it and I was like, I could play it better yeah. and I just played it by myself. Well, I put it on the list yeah. because I thought I wanted to ask you about it. <laughs> ah, oh dear. Um, well, but I mean, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, this one has, um, it has new features. It has like a, a color mode. So like you can, um, they have Picross things where you like put col- things based off of colors in, in addition to, hmm. um, you know, the regular Pris pick cross gameplay um yeah and the in s1 and s2 they don't have the colors thing and it's just like black yeah. or whatever um and then they put the colors in after you complete it but now you like put the colors in as you do it mm-hmm. my brother bought this other game a while ago called pick a piece yeah pick a picks yeah yeah that's it yeah we talked about it before because i yes. play that game a lot yes he was <laughs> not a fan of that game uh um so he was really excited about this one because it looked like it had the same gameplay but like with the pick cross polish that my brother enjoyed more i yeah. guess um so I like I like pick a pick. Yeah, no, it didn't. It didn't seem like a bad game at all, and it has four player. I don't think Picross has. No, four no, no, it's uh, just, okay. it has that too. I hear that it's cheap too, right? 
Uh, yeah. The cross? Uh, I know two was uh, like eight bucks, so this new one is probably eight bucks or yeah, a little, that's, maybe that's cool. a little bit more. Yeah. yeah, but like not too much more expensive. I, mean, I think the the value you get on it is probably you know oh, worth yeah. a lot. It so looks, it feels like a good deal. Up. Yeah, there's so yeah. many puzzles. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, Dragon's Doggo came out on Switch. Mm-hmm. I love this game. I have bought it like three times already, and yeah. I might buy it again. Um, it's just really good. So I've heard that I don't know anything about this game. Yeah. I hear it a lot, and I keep mixing it up with things like. Uh, Dark Souls and, and Bloodborne and I, uh, other oh, yeah. other games that have similar sounding like nonsense fantasy sure. phrases. Yes. <laughs> like, w- what is this game? So Dragon's Dogma, it has a a, a, a weird story. Um, yeah. You're this character. You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> you're this character who this giant dragon comes out and takes your heart and I guess and you have to fight to get your heart. Oh, back. it's like Dragon Heart. Yeah. Do you, do you, do, does the dragon die if you die? Uh, no. Oh, you end up. So it's not like dragon. You end up Never killing mind. the dragon or whatever. But like, uh-huh. um, what what's really cool about this game is it has like a party system. But like, you just get a bunch of AI controlled characters. But like, with, with the way that this, this game works, is like these AIs like they go into a rift and they can play in other people's games and they gain knowledge from other playing in other people's games. And they when they come back to you, they can use that knowledge when you're fighting uh, creatures or exploring the world. Okay, so what kind of game is this? <laughs> it is an action RPG. Okay, it's it's uh, actually it's kind of like a little bit like Monster Hunter because okay. a lot of the a lot of the gameplay I enjoy of it is like hunting the monsters and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, open world, so like you can run around and explore things, and they have secrets and stuff around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very fun. Um, but like it, like the open worldness of it is a little. It's like different from other things because there's not a ton of things in the world. Sure. Um, and I think from what I've heard, like they when they were working on the game, they had to cut a lot of content out in order uh, to get it to release. Okay. Um, and I, I'm assuming they haven't added it since. So this is a re-release on Switch. When yes. did the game come out originally? Uh, I think it came out. In, it came out in high school. I was playing it. I think in like 2008. So everybody, just when you were in high school. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that time. I think it's I think it's like a 10 year old game or something. Like okay. That. Um. And so. Uh, but like I, I bought it on PC, I bought it on Xbox 360, and then they had a re-release that had more content in it, and I bought that. And I think I'm gonna buy it on Switch because that's probably why I think I've only it. heard of it recently because oh. of its re- like a remaster re-release. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So that's just one of a bunch of Switch ports that came out recently. Yeah. When I was when ton. I was looking at the list of things around now, like tons of Switch ports of like of like PS2 era games. Mm-hmm. Um. So a bunch of Final Fantasies, like Final Fantasy 13 and then X and X2 oh. remastered. Okay. And then Final Fantasy 7 came out a while ago on oh, Switch. Oh yeah, that's right. And I think that's just a, an initiative uh, Square Enix is doing is just getting them all on Switch eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um. What else? Uh, Resident Evil, Resident Evil 0, Resident Evil 4. Those are okay. all coming to Switch or are on Switch. Back at home, Resident um, Evil 4. Because it used it, the first one came out on Game Boy. That's right, yeah. Um, that's cool. And then Saints Row 3... Uh, or Saints Row the Third. Saints Row is great. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. Um, they're also Saints Row is going to get a movie adaptation. I hear. I don't know about. I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds weird. That doesn't but sound like that a game. I mean, that went franchise. off the rails. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At the end there, so yeah, that's you know, true. so like they can do whatever they want. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's a franchise that can't can't ruin a movie. It's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It'll yeah. it'll be dumb no matter what. It's true. And so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I want it to be like Deadpool. That's that oh, I, I oh, bet yeah. that's the tone they'll go for. I yeah. hope so because I love Deadpool. Yeah, um, actually, that might be a difficult question of like, are they going to be able to make a rated R movie? Because that's always the consideration people have is right. it's your audience. That's true. Uh, and really, it, the, that is it has a it's a PG thirteen sensibility, you yeah. know, in terms of its actual audience. Yeah. Uh, so they might have some trouble with that. Um, I kind of wish that they had got like, well, I don't know. I want to see Detective Pikachu, but uh, since it's Deadpool's voice, I almost want it to be like very dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, 
I think also Assassin's Creed 3 came out on the Switch too. Yep, that's another port. I, yeah. I played that on Wii U because it Ooh. was a launch title for oh, was the it? Wii U. Okay. In fact, it was the best version of Assassin's Creed 3 was on Wii U because mm. it was a little higher because it was the, for a brief time, that was the most uh, powerful console. That's right. Uh, and it had second screen features. Ah, yeah, okay. Batman Arkham City had, right. a, had a bunch of second screen features. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple other, uh, Mass Effect Trilogy, I think, did too. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But a couple of like high-profile uh, uh, 360 PS3 ports yeah, they put uh, really actually did put a couple extra things. It wasn't a ton. Mm-hmm. But then by the end of the Wii U, the life cycle, there was like nothing like yeah. on for the second screen. Yeah. Uh, so sort of a, I, I do wish we lived in an alternate universe where the Wii U was more successful. Yeah. I, like, cool. I did like that feature mm-hmm. of it. But like, it's, it was, I think, like, I don't know, people didn't, it was hard to explore. It was still so different and yeah. only one place to explore it in. So. Yeah. I will say, though, that for a game like Assassin's Creed 3, where you are just hunting around for stuff all the time, yeah. and the map is really important, yeah. having it in your hands is kind of great. Ah, um, that makes sense. It worked out really well for that. Cool. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, that's uh, all I put on this list, but like, it's just been a, a, just a trend that I wanted yeah, to Yeah, a bunch know. of Switch ports. It's a bunch yeah, of uh, like indie Switch ports happened, too, that's like I've right, noticed. Yeah. I can't remember any off the mm-hmm. top of my head, but there's a lot. Well, Switch is definitely that platform where like, People will rebuy games, and it, I think uh, 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 I'm not sure if this is true, but I think the impression is that like that lapsed gamers are picking up a Switch, you know, because of how popular it is, and yeah. so the idea to uh, not just sell them games that they're nostalgic for, but games they missed, yeah, um, give new life to it. So, oh yeah, like uh, Valhalla's on there. That's oh one. yes, that one game where you're selling people drinks, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that game's cool. I might yeah. pick that up. Stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, other news, uh, Rage 2 came out, or is coming out. Yeah, I'm not, I didn't put dates on this, because, like, we're not a news show. Uh, <laughs> like, it's yeah. just the, the... It's a thing. It's, it's around now, look yeah. at yourself. But uh, what's um, interesting about that is, I feel like I haven't heard anything about Rage 2, or at least I haven't, like, heard about it, like, coming out. Yeah, it was know. announced, it was a surprise announcement. Right. Uh, uh, Bethesda's something, I don't remember if it was E3 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's gotten some press since, but it's kind of flying under the radar a little bit. Yeah. Um, the first one probably did too. Now I think about it. Well, the first one is interesting because it was a big. It was like um, ID Tech Five. Like yeah. It was. It was the showcase for their new engine. Mm-hmm. Big open spaces. Um, uh, uh, texture streaming. I read a lot about the tech behind it. Actually, really fascinating. Okay. But the game was kind of. Mm, fine. Yeah. Uh, it, it basically was a more of a showcase for the tech. Apparently, which is sort of that's that was you know, it's ID's deal, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so this is developed by a different team. And it's just a, it was a weird choice for IP. No one was really clamoring for a sequel. Um, but I, I, when I, when I, the more I see of it, the more it seems like something, Martha, you'd be into it because it just has a lot of superficial similarities to Borderlands. Oh, yeah. You I know? should check it out. It's like I've a dusty world and then splashes of pink everywhere. Like, that's Ooh. cool. Yeah, actually, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Like <laughs> Mad Max, but with a smile. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. And the best game on this list. No. Is- <laughs> No. Fine. Okay. It's a game on this list. Bubsy, pause no. on fire. No, no, no. Okay. Why? Uh, it made me so mad because another Bubsy came out recently, like a couple of years ago or a year ago or something. Yeah. And every single outlet covered it. And I was like, why are you covering this terrible game? Like they had like hour long playthroughs of it. Yeah. Well, Bubsy is historically bad. Like worst game of all so, time bad. But Yes, that's why people were coming. It's like it. a redemption <laughs> story, and so I, I, I wanted to talk about this because I didn't know this, Martha. You, you said this before the show that there was a Bubsy game last year. Yeah, and I looked it up. And I'm like, there is a really weird <laughs> one prior to that was 1996, and I, I played the Bubsy games. Oh wow, because I was that age, yeah. right? When, when it was like a 
like I like I like Mario. What's sort of like that? I played Sonic. Like, yeah. what else is there available to me? And the yeah. Bubsy games were it. Uh, you know, there were others, but that was one of them. I'm trying to, you know, uh, did you like it? No. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when you're you know 11, like, yeah, you just play whatever. It's okay. Like, uh, nothing wrong with it. But like, um, it is. It became a sort of sign of like the um, the rush to have these mascot platformers. After Sonic, uh, it wasn't even really after Mario. Like, Sonic was a reaction to Mario. Right, yeah. It was um, the reaction to Sonic being this m- market-friendly mascot that that really leveraged a lot more of these things. Mm-hmm. And Bubsy was sort of the, the, the cynical result of that. At least that's its reputation. Yeah. And so, it returning, like, the marketing for this new game is, like, it has everything that Bubsy fans and Bubsy haters want. Like, <laughs> it, it is really trying to, like, leverage into that. And mm-hmm. I think it's... There's something about um, uh, these waves of nostalgia where, like, it is just the right time for this because the the sort of the 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 um, demographic with money in their pocket yeah. remembers these things. Yeah, and so if you can get yourself a license to one of these like meme friendly things from the mid to late nineties, mm-hmm. you can't even make a good meme out of it, though. <laughs> I mean. I've seen some. At I least mean, back then. you know, Toe Jam and Earl's coming back. That's true. And like, people did love that that series. It has it has a charm, but yeah. like, well, not great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. But you know, that's the thing about it is the the new Bubsy game is is being taken seriously. It's going to be a real game. Like mm-hmm. they're they want to make it good. Right. And the new Toe Jam and Earl, I hear, is pretty good. Right. And that one, I think, is made by the original people as well. So that's a little bit different. Yeah. But there has been. Uh, it's never been easier to revive a franchise. Okay. Right. It's, it's time for Gex. Gex needs to come back. I don't know if What's that? Let's not get crazy. No, Gex is amazing. I love Gex. What is that? Gex, you were this lizard who just knew a bunch of knowledge stuff, and he just constantly wisecracked about one-liners and stuff from from movies. And so, like, like, real unique is <laughs> okay. I wasn't unique, but like, I like Gex. I grew up with Gex. Yeah, he did like it was like parodies of of genre stuff, yeah. right? There was like a Secret Agent one. Yeah, that was. I think that was the one I played. The no, I don't remember. There was. I didn't play the first one, but I played the second one. Yeah, and I, I was always confused because I, I I guess when I was really young, I didn't realize there was a sequel, even though it said Gex two. Yeah, but like I was like, why is this lizard just sitting here on on a, in a lazy boy like? <laughs> Uh, in retirement or something. Good question. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he gets back into it and starts doing things. And I was like, what's going on? I don't get it. <laughs> but like, he's got a tongue and he can lick up stuff and he yeah. can hit things with his tail. And I was like, yeah. I don't know. See, uh, your impassioned defense of these totally random nonsense things <laughs> yeah. is exactly what this is about. Yep. It's like the idea of like, so if they made a, I, remember, I don't know, I might have talked about the show, this Saturn game bug. Oh yeah, point. I remember you brought that up. Like that is a game that is also bad, mm-hmm. but if they made another one, I'd be in line for it. Right, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I'd buy a Gex game. So y'all bring out Gex. So that's bring out Bud. I, th- I think that's the that's the motivation behind these things. And there's a cynicism to it. Yeah. But also there's something about like there's something it makes people smile. I just so, it would it's I, just it would just be nice that somebody else who wants to make the game remembers that this game I played when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a sort of a sense of community almost to it. Yeah. Like I remember that too. And like yeah. that, that's very shallow but like and yeah, that someone's going to make money off of your right. nostalgia but like puts a smile on your face. Yeah. It's okay, I guess. That's what Nintendo does anyway. So like <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> I'm fine. With it. Uh <laughs> Martha shakes her head. <laughs> Uh, although I uh, guess I just played yeah. good games when I was a kid. Well, you know what else is you know what else is coming to Switch? What? All your favorite point clicks. <gasps> wait, wait. What? Oh yeah, remember Humongous Games? Didn't they just? Oh wait, or is that just coming to PC? No, that's coming to Switch. Is it coming to Switch too? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. You posted the thing. I remember now. It's this. 
<laughs> I'm very excited. Join us in this the wave of nostalgia, Martha. <laughs> but those were good games. <laughs> they still are good games. Okay. Yeah, that's true. They were good games. But uh-huh. yes, I will buy the same one again. They're not even they're not even remakes. They're just ports. Yeah. So, but yeah. <laughs> but it's okay I if you want, do it. <laughs> because they were good. Uh-huh. <laughs> Didn't you just hear Steven talk about how good Gex was? <laughs> that's how you sound right now. <laughs> Fine, fine. <laughs> I'm just like the rest of y'all. <laughs> of course, Stephen, we know that like Gex and Bug were terrible. But oh no, we're, those games were were pretty good. <laughs> no, <laughs> Bug's games were good. Gex, she has it over us, but like we can't admit it. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Real news, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Avengers uh, Endgame came out, and also Game of Thrones, the newest episode came. I just uh, can't even with any of these. We don't. We don't today. have to get into that because we're <laughs> okay. not. We're not. We're not every other podcast in the world. It's true. I just wanted to note that, like, pe- that's all people are talking about right now. It's true. And it's like you go to any like tech blog or gaming site, yeah. and they'd have a take on Avengers Endgame. It's yep. like I know you need the hits, but like, just I came here for a reason. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Polygon else. is. Fu- I love you, Polygon, but your all your coverage right now is Game of Thrones. Like the whole thing. Oh man. Yeah. But yeah, Polygon is actually kind of the worst at this. They have so much culture writing. And none, it's not bad. It's it's perfectly fine. And I think there's something... I don't want to be one of those people who say, like, this is a gaming site, just talking about games. Mm. But, like, at a certain point, if 60% of your front page content is about movies, music, concerts, and, like, television shows, yeah. like... What are you? Like, <laughs> That's why I stopped reading IGN is because they kept talking about comic books and movies and I was like, I, I want to read about video oh, yeah. games. Well, see, IGN made us, they specifically made a pivot yeah. to being about entertainment media broadly. Sure. And so that's something Polygon hasn't done. Oh, okay. uh, They're just sort of, sort of doing it. Sure, okay. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of discussion about uh, yeah. Avengers and stuff. But the best discussion is by our friends Felix and Dale. That's right. So we're not going to talk about these things, but my wife and our pal Felix has a podcast, which we've mentioned on the show before, but we haven't been plugging it lately. Uh, Felix Drags Dale Through the Marvel Universe. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, or on your podcast app, or it's an open RSS feed. You can go to felixanddale.com, wherever you get your podcasts. It's a podcast where we do nothing but movie spoilers and talk about America's ass. God, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, they just did their Endgame episode. They've they, um, been doing one for each. Uh, we went to, I went with them to the opening night, Thursday night, 1.30 in the morning. Oh, it's my God. Night. That's morning. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's a three-hour movie. Yeah. So we didn't get home till 6 a.m. <laughs> this. And, um, so, uh, and then that, that Friday, uh-huh. uh, Dale and Felix got together and recorded their Endgame episodes. They can get it out along with everybody else who got their podcasts out right away. Yeah. Um, but now the set is complete. Yeah. They've got episodes for every uh, movie in the MCU, and they're, uh, they're going to come back as new ones are released. They are hilarious, and what I love is uh, Dale has no interest in these movies, mm-hmm. um, but she's a, a very good note taker, so she knows more about the MCU than anybody I know now. <laughs> um, and she has the best nitpicks. Yeah. So... If you if you like these movies, but you also like teasing them and making fun of them, uh, you will enjoy this program. Yeah, uh, Felix Dragsdale through the Marvel Universe. Check that out. Totally. <laughs> uh, in other news, yes, Riot walkout planned on May sixth because the what, what exactly? I don't know the exact okay, details. So Riot Games, uh, it's not news that Riot Games has uh, problems with sexism mm-hmm. um, and uh, very high profile ones. And yeah. You can look all that up. 
Um, but they uh, recently, uh, like a lot of big employers, they have this thing when you sign a contract with them to work there. Uh, you don't read all of it or you don't think you have the ability to change any of it. Mm-hmm. And it includes forced arbitration. So mm-hmm. in the case of uh, sexual harassment claims, um, you have waived your right to sue. So instead, wow. you go through this arbitration, this third-party arbitration system. And, you know, there are benefits to these kinds of systems. I'm not going to defend it all in this case, but the reason they exist is because sometimes these claims can be resolved relatively quickly without a bunch of the, the mechanisms of, of civil courts, right? Okay. A lot of times, when you, do, when you sue someone in, like, small claims court, a judge will recommend you do that, right? Yeah. So there are places for these things, but uh, corporations have abused the, the existence of these, this uh, method uh, to avoid class action lawsuits, particularly because you 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 have to do these each individually, and then it becomes a burden for the claimant. Yeah. Um, but also to just sort of stay out of the courts, and and it's it's terrible. And uh, Riot Games has one of these. They're not unique in this case. They don't get special mention for being bad about this. But uh, two of their harassment cl- uh, uh, claims, they were trying to to take it to court, and Riot Games uh, uh, is trying to was uh, trying to sue them to keep them in this third-party arbitration process. Mm -hmm. So a bunch of people at Riot were saying, well, this is no good. Um, This is unfair. So they're staging a walkout, which, according to our calendar math, I did the calendar math on this because it's important. Yeah. Um, It would be yesterday when you hear this. It would have happened yesterday. So we don't know, uh, you know, know, any of the news that surely broke yesterday about it, uh, but I did want to make sure we talked about it. Mm -hmm. Um, There's been some things since they announced this walkout. Um, uh, a riot gave a response saying like, oh, you know, uh, we appreciate all, it's all the same, you know, corporate same HR speak, yeah. speech. And I'm very cynical about this and I think that's the right attitude. Um, they said, oh, we're going to have like uh, town hall meetings and all hands where gets we'll, together. Yeah, where we'll hear what you have to say and follow none of it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Um, and uh, it's very much a case of like, how can we work through this and do better, but with no consequences to us yeah. or to our management or to the people responsible? Like, yeah. you understand the motivation, right? Like why they would feel like, oh, let, let's solve this. But that's not what people are asking for. People are asking for proper change, either change in management or consequences for individuals. Yeah. Um, and certainly change in culture. And that's something that's about the only thing they have control over is that change in culture. Mm-hmm. But that's generally not good enough. Also, it's hard to trust that that's really going to happen. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, but they did put out a statement and, you know, not a lot of people took it seriously. Um, but then uh, they also, uh, this broke uh, yesterday where we're sitting from our recording, mm-hmm. uh, where um, uh, Riot said, okay, 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 for all new employees, we're going to let them opt out of this arbitration clause. Okay. Um, the problem is, is that doesn't affect anyone who's already there, who's already, there, already got an affected or the people who are currently, uh, be litigated against. Yeah. And, and they said something like, this isn't perfect, but like, and we're going to see if we can try to expand the opt Basically, they have some like logistics to get through, which is not right. a good, not a good excuse, but I, I, that is an excuse. Sure. Um, and, yeah. uh, and the walkout organizer saying, okay, great, but we're still walking out. Yeah. So, um, they, things may have changed in the couple days before you hear this episode. We might put something in the show notes yeah, if there's yeah. something different but it's an important thing and it's really really great that the people at riot feel empowered enough to do something about the mm-hmm. fear yeah. of retribution because that's definitely a problem at gaming companies yeah um uh i think it's a problem everywhere but particularly at gaming companies where there's this culture of like rah-rah gaming and you're you should be glad to be here mm-hmm. um that uh, fear of reprisal for these kinds of mass actions and so the fact that there's now a groundswell um, and that they're organizers and they're not they're not being secret about it and they're actually taking a stand. I think it's an excellent development. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the ultimate solution is, um, but, uh, you know, Riot is noticing now. 
finally for real. Mm-hmm. Um, whether I don't know if well, I can trust him. Means anything, anything but... is we'll see. I suppose. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, at the very least, even though we're uh, talking about this, I guess retroactively, like um, mm-hmm. because we're telling people about it, you can look it up and you can discover what happened. Yes. And all the information about it. Mm-hmm. You know, use that to empower yourself. Yeah, and look into the people who did these organize, uh, uh, who actually organized it. Follow, follow them on Twitter. Yeah, like uh, uh, keep up with this, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think a lot of times we read these things and then we have our takes. Yeah. Um, but then, and you know, there's only so much an individual can do uh, that's removed from these situations. Right. But um, it's on all of us to continue to pay attention, right? Uh, and to and to know the details so that we can be more informed about this and know when we have opportunities to take action. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, and the news, Epic acquired Rocket League developer Psyonix? Psyonix. Oh, lame. Is- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are really like, oh no, exclusivity or whatever. Mm. Um, I don't know. Uh, it oh, just seems that- like- oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, I didn't even of- think about that. I just yeah. like the... Company acquires company, yeah. bad news, yeah. <laughs> and Rocket League is so, like, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like Psyonix has not been indie for a long time. Like, they're indie in the same way Riot Games is indie. Like, right, they're indie like PopCap or King Games or yeah. any, any of those things that has like a right. giant yeah. hit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which, like, is weird because like, yeah, I guess it's just like they don't own another company. That makes, makes them indie at this point. Yeah. Um, they're like double A. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, triple A. Yeah, it's a, it may be a One little point. unfair to strip them of their indie bona fides because yeah. they've been successful. Yeah. Um, but like they're not playing in the same space. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Um. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see um what will happen um with that with that change. Valve has done this too. They've purchased developers, right? And they fold them in to be lost into the caves of Valve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Like the man with the. With the valve on the back of his head, eats them. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Um, and I think uh, Epic is now starting to develop a reputation for what does it mean to be acquired by Epic, mm-hmm. and whether that's true or not, it's a reputation. Yeah. And uh, so it's it'll be interesting to see how many more of these types of because they got the money they can yeah. they can buy these successful companies. They can. And if you're one of those companies, it, I mean, why wouldn't you say? yes to to a really good offer like that Mm -hmm. so uh, this seems like a portent of things to come yeah totally Mm -hmm. um indie game removed from switch eShop for including a ruby compiler oh yeah i remember this This it's a dark room i wish i had bought it before it went away (laughs) yeah because he snuck in he snuck in a compiler so like other people could somehow find it and then mess with it to like you know to learn about how ruby works I guess. Yeah, so um, it's just a text editor that will make Ruby a- applications. Yeah. And um, the way you the way you would do, do it is you plugged in a, a USB keyboard to your Switch dock because mm-hmm. the Switch supports keyboards out of the box. Mm. Um, and then you hit the tilde key. And that's it. Then oh, it wow. opens it. But like, when is that ever going to happen? It's not part of Nintendo's testing parameters yeah. to test for that. Yeah. And so it was, it was snuck in. It was actually the way the developer says is it was snuck in kind of at the last minute. Oh, like it was just like, a, oh, this as they were going through the publishing guidelines, they were like, what could I throw in there for funsies? Mm-hmm. And uh, an, uh, there was an interview. It was actually very sad in a sense. The, inter- yeah. the developer, because it got removed. This is a very small game. Yeah, um, this is this is the you know, this is the neighborhood we're playing in. That's a bad thing for that developer. Yeah. And how does that impact the relationship with Nintendo going forward? Right. And uh, w- certainly that means that they're not getting sales starting now. Yeah. Um, but it was just like a, a sort of a little whim that they had and they didn't realize how seriously Nintendo would take it. 
Um, and the interview was sort of like very somber and like, this is the worst weekend of my life. Mm -hmm. And I didn't mean to cause this trouble, which is, which is unfortunate because the, um, he actually hobbled the compiler so that it only could do certain things. Yeah. Like it wouldn't harm the switch in any way or anything like that. Ultimately it was not a, I mean, who, you know, homebrew uh, folks are incredibly uh, resourceful, but it was not necessarily an invitation to hack the switch, which might've been people's first impression. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's sort of unfortunate for this developer because they didn't really they just had this fun idea and didn't realize that they were running up against someone who was not going to you know deal with that yeah didn't want to like yeah it wasn't wasn't going to take seriously their uh, their assurances that it wasn't going to break anything yeah um, and so that's it's a sad story but yeah. it's it's so when you certainly when you're developing your games and you think you have a bit of a rebel spirit like there's something about it's sad because you don't want to extinguish that spirit right right there's something yeah. there's something really really pure and lovely about all that yeah oh yeah i mean i I agree but i think also at the same time it feels like that it felt like like a dangerous premise that like i can understand why nintendo would want to remove it off of their yeah i'm not it's i don't want to make nintendo the bad guys here um but i also don't want to say that it was that was right for them to be so hard-headed about it exactly um i mean yeah it i yeah it's weird because like i don't want to yeah, I, I guess I feel the same way. <laughs> well, I think it was cool. I don't think Nintendo made the right decision mm-hmm. because they like. I mean, one of the things that they do do well is keep everything locked down, so you know you have a good experience on it. But right. that comes at the detriment of people like doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole um, Mac versus PC sort of mm-hmm. thing, where a PC you can go on and put in all the stuff. I guess you can do that on Macs, but yeah. most people don't know how to do it. <laughs> <Right>. So <laughs> it's very hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I don't know. I think it would have been interesting to see. Well, the defense I will say to Nintendo is that if this developer had uh, uh, written a procedure to show the Nintendo how to find this, right? Nintendo's lot check team could have checked it and yeah. cleared it. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's um, that's my main problem with it. Yeah, is that like it? They could have. It, it, it kind of. I mean, I don't think the developer was trying to be dishonest at all. But like, yeah, I don't think so. Either. I think that like it comes across as dishonest and as a result like Nintendo was like no we can't have this right Nintendo didn't get to see it before it went in the wild that's, and yeah. that's their concern yeah um, whether that's a little bit overbearing I think is a fair argument to make right um, and I think the developer even said like I, I should have just put it in as a feature yeah and not you know yeah. Um, and so it, it's it's just a sad story, right? Um, hopefully, yeah. it can get corrected. I I can't imagine this is something that will bar this developer from the eShop, can, you know, for the future. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you're an indie developer, like just the resource, like sending those emails and like and, yeah. and all, just it's like just a bunch of extra work to fix, mm-hmm. and uh, and and that's not fun. Yeah, um, that's hard. So I, I feel I feel terrible for this developer. Yeah, it's a bummer, especially because that game you can play for free. Yeah. online it started as a web game oh cool so if you go to a dark room i can't remember the exact url i'll mm-hmm. put it in the show notes but you can go play it yeah well we'll make that uh entreaty to our listeners like uh, uh check this developer out give them your support if, if you if you can yeah um because it you know it may have been a mistake but like it, it you don't want the consequences to be outsized you right know? right totally uh so much vr so much vr oh yeah Martha, you take this. <laughs> oh, okay. So a bunch of VR from the from the VR people came out. Uh, so Valve, the Confederated well, okay. Assembly of VR people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So here's something interesting. It's the Valve Index, which came out or is coming out. Yeah. Okay. Um, which it's is the new. Started. Yeah. Which is the new Valve thing, but it's not a Vive thing. No. Because oh. it's not what HTC 
And my brother was asking me what this, what it's the deal with that. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, it's Valve, not Vive. And I was yeah. like, oh, oh, I didn't even notice that. So yep. what is the deal with that? Are they just not doing stuff with HTC anymore? Yep. Um, and this this was a pro- this process started a while ago. So the the HTC Vive uh, was a product that was co-developed with Valve. Valve's uh-huh. hardware engineers. Uh, Valve, I believe, has the patent on the Lighthouse system. Okay. Valve did a lot of this work, uh, and they needed HTC's expertise in manufacturing, miniaturization, display technology. Like HTC brought a ton to the table, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it was, I, I, you know, who's to say? But it, in my mind, equal partnership sure. with the Vive. Yeah. Um, HTC uh, soon after got <laughs> like once it was in the marketplace, HTC was like, "Oh, Valve." We never get their emails back. Like this is just my this is my like role playing of like what happens between those companies. Okay, is like if you partner with Valve, then you had better be prepared to do most of the work. Oh, <laughs> like ultimately, sure. Yeah. And so HTC they opened up their own store. They uh, the Vi- the Vive Pro is something that HTC developed. Okay. Right? Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Uh, uh, I I you know I don't believe that there was a divorce at that point. Um, but like that was something that they pushed for, and then Valve was like, "All right, well, we'll make our own thing then." And okay. so um, HTC kind of feels like they got kind of got used a little bit. Yeah, um, their expertise got leveraged, and then so they're trying to run their own VR business now. Okay, there's the HTC. I think it's called the Focus. Yeah, it's an Android device, like just like Oculus Go. It oh. has nothing to do with Steam VR. Um, but HTC and, and Vive, I think it's even spun off its own company now. They are trying to make sure they maintain a status as a leader in VR, but consumers don't care. Consumers think the Vive means Valve. Yeah. And so the, the Valve Index, which is finally Valve, uh, you know, making their own headset with their own controllers, um, you know, they are, that's the, what a lot of people think is, oh, it's the, it's the Vive 2, essentially. Ah, it's a very common impression. Okay. Um, I, like, I feel really animated about this, basically because, like, I'm always suspicious of, like, why Valve does the things the way they do. Sure. And I get nervous about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, like, there, a lot of the, uh, there's been press access to the, 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 the headset to do some demos and reviews. Okay. And it looks, it's crazy expensive. It's yeah. too big an upgrade, I think, for a lot of people. It's, it, I, I wouldn't recommend it. If you have a Vive, you're fine, okay. I think, based on the impressions I've read. Okay. But if you've got a lot of money to throw at VR and you just wanted the next greatest thing, it's got some great improvements. Okay. Um, well, but it awesome. still uses the Lighthouse tracking system. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not inside out the way a lot of new devices are. So it still maintains the difficult setup process. Okay. And so I think it's a disappointment to some who are hoping that it would not only be better but a little bit more evolved the way that Oculus is doing with their devices. Yeah. Right. So which brings us to the Oculus Quest, which yeah. is very exciting. I just so okay, Oculus Quest is the one that and also also the new Oculus Rift also does this, right? Yeah. Where you don't need the lighthouses anymore. That's right. Which oh. is really cool. Yeah. And the Quest you don't even need wires to your PC because it just runs on itself. Yeah. Which means it's a little bit lower powered, but like it has a Snapdragon 835, which is the exact same chip that's in my phone, and my phone is over a year old. Wow. Um, but the reviews are like, cannot believe how good it looks uh, wow. for the technology that's in there. Okay. Um, so it's definitely mobile class hardware, mm-hmm. and it runs a subset of Android. But uh, Oculus has been doing a good job of getting a bunch of their developers to port to the Oculus Go which was also Android-based, and they've been working with Samsung on their Gear VR. So they're really well-positioned to have developers port their PC games to the Quest. Yeah. Uh, Beat Saber apparently looks great on it. It is definitely a visual downgrade. Okay. But um, uh, they've done a really good job, by all reports, of making a really high-end experience and leveraging every last drop cool. uh, from that chip. 
Um, pretty interesting, but fully fully tracked in 3D space without any external anything. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's nice. That's really cool. You don't need a computer? Nope. Wow. And it's like 400 bucks. Oh, snap. It's That's approachable. This is this is the thing that um, I, I went to Oculus's, uh, one of their conferences a couple years ago. Okay. And one of the people on stage was, I'm like, they, like, they had this like 10-year roadmap of like, these are the things we need to get to get to where we're going. And, and they were really focused on saying like, it needs to be like affordable and the setup needs to be really easy and it needs to make sense at first blush. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of early VR, uh, like Martha, you have a ton of experience with this, just like setting it up, getting it going. We haven't played in so long because we don't have like, it just takes so long to even start. Yeah. Yeah. And because VR and th- one of the good things about promoting VR that a lot of the developers and, and hardware makers decided early on is we're not going to say that this is going to replace video games. Okay. This isn't the next step in video games. It's a new thing. Oh. And I think people took that and like, oh, they believed that more. If they were being told that it was going to replace their video games, no one would buy these things. Yeah. But because it was a new thing. But what that means is that Net is, they've set themselves up to compete with Netflix. Right. Yes. And so yeah. and like and so, yeah, it, the, if this, the setup is a huge burden and even for people who are really excited about it, like I feel the same way. Like I've been jazzed about VR for a long, long time, and it is a hassle to get into. Like, and it, and I, yeah, it just feels so. It to me, it feels like. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I put the blinders on whenever VR comes up, but yeah, <laughs> uh, but I feels like it feels like a separate thing from like every other video game, every other thing. Yeah, and I, it's interesting that you bring up that like it's competing with Netflix because yeah. yeah, it is competing for your time. Yep. Netflix is convenient. You press a button and you can watch a movie. Mm-hmm. But like with VR, you got to set up the headset. You got to put this giant headset on, and it's uncomfortable, and you got to you know make it. You know, there's a whole lot of things involved, and it's good that they're like they're making progress into making it more approachable, including yeah. the price too. Well, it was something that that oculus has been specifically focused on yeah and something that valve is not focused on right like uh which isn't to say they don't care about it or they didn't think about it yeah. like they're, they're not dummies over there yeah it's just not something they 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 really made as a core principle of their work and so um the thing about the quest is you put it on your head it's got these pass-through cameras so you can see the real world okay it's it, and then you take the controller and you you stand in one place and you with like a laser pointer draw your boundary it takes oh. 10 seconds hmm. On your head, boundary, set up, 10 seconds. Wow. Like, that is, uh, compare that, if anyone has set up a Vive system, like, and... <laughs> reset up, and reset up, and reset up the Vive system. Even if you haven't moved it. Like, yeah, it's, um, you know, you think, like, if you have a little motivation, how hard is those things? But we talk about this when we talk about, like, UI and game mechanics, and, like, there's a certain point where you it needs to be autonomic and simple, mm-hmm. and that threshold is so much lower than you think it is. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. The one bummer is that Oculus is owned by Facebook, isn't mm-hmm. it? Which makes me real suspicious. Like, what are the privacy policies on all these new devices? Uh-huh. That makes me not want to buy it. So right. I'm like, I want something else, some other company to make one yeah. that is as good as the Quest is <laughs> or what, better. What is the Oculus Rift S? Is that just a better Rift? It is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and then it has inside out tracking. Um, I don't know what that is. That's the where well, you don't need the external cameras. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. Cool. So basically, it's a replay. You plug in your PC just like before, plays yeah. all the same games. Yeah. Um, basically, the reason that this was being released now, I think they probably maybe had it ready a little earlier, is that Oculus has done a PR push to say no more tracking cameras ever. Okay. So they've discontinued the original Rift. Like, you think you could just like offer it as a discount, mm-hmm. but they have made a, a strategic decision to say, we're a company that doesn't sell cameras now. Okay. Um, and so, uh, and it's, an, it's a very interesting trajectory for like the two yeah. main vr competitors because yeah. oculus started with the dream of sitting in your gaming chair 
at your PC and playing flight simulator games. Like mm-hmm. that was that was the idea of the Oculus originally. And then uh, Valve steps in with their partnership with HTC and, sa- and says, set up these things and use your whole living room. And that's what all games, will, all VR games will be. Yeah. And then Oculus, very late in the process of the Rift, uh, um, let you do these sort of quote-unquote room scale things. Mm-hmm. But it was really better. You need to buy a third camera for that. And they're actually a little clunky. Yeah. Um, the, the cable wasn't quite as long. Like, they didn't quite plan for it to be as long as you needed to. And so you could tell that, I mean, they got there. But like, yeah. you can tell that it wasn't part of their focus until a little later in the process. Mm-hmm. And now they are the ones who say, like, go to the park with this. Like, huh. You know? Okay. <laughs> really interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I don't know. I'm 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 jazzed about some of this stuff, but like I used to, I used to host a VR night at Glitch right, every yeah. month, mm-hmm. and so I had all the systems and I set it up and I did lots of demos, did lots of tutorials. But uh, that we don't do that anymore. Yeah. And so I'm like, I guess I'm not going to buy these, and I feel really sad about that. Oh. He says with the knuckle controllers over there. Yeah, I do. Have- <laughs> I- yeah, um, I, I I have some uh, pre-release uh, uh, engineering. Uh, oh yeah, samples that's right. The, you can get that. Yeah, so the the Valve Index includes new controllers that are designed by Valve. Okay. That uh, strap to your hands, so you can let go of them, and they still stay stuck to your hands. Yeah. Um, and um, they've been sending them out to developers for months and months and months. And I got a couple of these, and I was actually trying them out last night um, for like only the second time, even though I've had them for a little while. Sure. I don't know if I like them. Oh. Uh, they're very. You have to fit them on your hand just perfect. Oh. Think about if you had a game controller. Yeah. That was stuck to your hand yeah like obviously that wouldn't be great but just pretend that there was a reason you wanted to do that okay um and then think about all the times you play video games where you sort of just adjust it in your hand as you grab it yeah and that is thing you cannot do with these controllers right like you move your your thumb over to the joystick and if it's not exactly where you expect it to be then you need to move your thumb you can't move your hand Ah, right it's a very subtle uh, interaction thing that i'm not sure they understand because I had the hardest time using this and it might be because I have, I don't have enormous hands, but I have bigger hands mm-hmm. and I think it's meant to, you know, work for a lot of different people, but like they're very hard to get right. And also when you're playing VR and you have the, like the straps on your wrists yeah. and you need to like go to the computer and type something or you need to like take a drink of water, you can, you drop them and then they, they dangle from your wrists and you yeah. can, then you have full use of your hands Right. Yeah. with these. You don't, you oh, have no. to actually take them off your hands ah, or pick anything up that's to take the headset off it's actually kind of tricky to do what the controllers just strapped to your hands. Oh. So like it's, it's a very valve idea. <laughs> um, it doesn't, it doesn't allow for a lot of really interesting uh, mechanics. Okay. And it, as a developer, it's been fun to test those out and see what the APIs for all that are. Um, but I'm a little nervous that the index won't get enough of a market share for those mechanics to make their way into a lot of games. Um, yeah. Really interesting. Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll dig up some, some uh, articles about, uh, those controllers and like the the UX paradigms that they enable or restrict. Yeah, um, but I feel my my reaction I think is not common. I think a lot of developers are really excited about these controllers. Okay, for really good reasons. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just not catching it sure. as much as I think other people are. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. The, uh, they seem a little a little. Yeah, the way you're describing it makes it sound uncomfortable in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, it has this weird Achilles heel that I just haven't heard people talk about yet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Borderlands Three promises no microtransactions. But it has microtransactions. Uh-huh. Well, so. yes. Sort of, though. <laughs> sort of, though. Unless that, because Borderlands has always had DLC stuff, like mm-hmm. you can buy skins, but you can't ever, at least I don't know if they're changing this Borderlands 3, but in Borderlands 2, you had to go outside of the game to buy them. So, like, you had to buy them as DLC from uh, the steam or wherever you bought it yeah they didn't have a, ga- a store in the game itself. right it wasn't yeah. like a bunch of like npcs saying like hey, hey what have you bought some currencies <laughs> and then you can yeah, then yeah. 
Yeah. So, so uh, slightly different, but I still understand that why people were like, uh, but you do though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, the, uh, Gearbox head, Randy Pitchford made a statement about like, oh, it, like, just like, never listen to what he said. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, a real defiant statement. It's like, we don't have any of that stuff. We're yeah. not some free to play, pay to win garbage. We don't have microtransactions. And like, but you do though. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, I, I want to talk about this not to like, you know, to, tear on randy pitchford i think there's plenty of opportunity for that mm-hmm. and plenty of cause mm-hmm. um it's about like why he would say something like that yeah and because he believes it he wasn't yeah. lying to anybody yeah he was uh, i guess he's wrong but like he believed it because like because you because border, truly borderlands is i think that it's designed to not be pay to win like they are being tried to mindful of that stuff right the issue that i'm most curious about here is yeah. that you can pre-order borderlands and you can get it in a deluxe super deluxe or collector's edition and in return, you get like stat bonuses that you can use in the game. I guess they're like loot drop. I don't know how any of these games work, but <laughs> you get these like uh, uh, statistical bonuses yeah. that you you do pay for. Mm. And it's a single player game. It's not like a pay to win multiplayer scenario. But that's still well, something. It's a cooperative multiplayer. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, and you know, I, like I can't imagine that being something that yeah, it's not going to benefit one player over the other in in that case. Like I don't. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried more about the motivations of the consumer that right. a pl- that a player who loves borderlands and martha maybe you can answer this question like it, if would that tempt you to buy the deluxe edition like to get stuff in the game uh let's say you skins. couldn't get yeah but what if you couldn't get those unless you pre-ordered it that would be lame yeah and i don't know if, that yeah, would be lame the because there's a that. time limit on that what i would like is like you get it free with the pre-order but you can buy it for two two bucks on on the steam store or whatever later yeah that feels like an honest enticement right yeah um that might make me to pre-order it Mm -hmm. if it was like oh you get all bundled in there like i bought the game of the year edition of borderlands 2 and it's like it comes with all the things yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and you know (laughs) uh and i hope they do this now i'm just gonna rant about it Portland's is cool, but I also do the thing where, like, if you they, it notices you have the other games on your PC, it will give you special skins based on that. Oh yeah, sounds uh, like a thing they would do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I'm not. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I also don't so, care how and, any of this comes together. It's more just about like the statement that he made about how like we're pure and innocent, yeah. not like those evil companies that do these bad things. Yeah. And that that you know objectively that might be partially true. Yeah. But just the defiance about saying that, and then you look at the actual thing. Like you actually are doing things that are enticements to buy these these elements right. in a way that is very similar to how other companies do it, and they don't think they're being evil either. Mm-hmm. You know. Right, but. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> this is me just liking Borderlands a lot, yeah. but but I, I do think it it's I don't different. Wanna, I don't want to challenge your love of Borderlands. <laughs> I think that would be a, that'd be a crime. <laughs> oh well, uh, yeah. I mean, I think they they have to make money and no, you know, too. Mm-hmm. So, like the way they've been doing it to keep keep getting revenue to me has felt way less scummy than a loot box yeah like the loot boxes that they have you don't pay money to try right, they're mechanical loot boxes yeah they're not, yeah. They're not quote-unquote loot boxes like right. that's come to me yeah like, and they know. said specifically that this game will not have loot boxes well uh in that the sense evil loot boxes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i and which I'm, to me feels like you know oh yeah yeah be real proud of that like <laughs> like it seems the, like uh, that's a regular thing that people are saying though, yeah with well everything. with um what is it there's a new star wars game it's a single player star wars game that's yeah. coming out that was yeah. announced and they announced on their official twitter feed like no uh, uh microtransactions no loot boxes and we're like great um 
cool it's like someone coming to your house and saying i'm not gonna hit you like <laughs> like like i you want me to be proud of you for that like that's true i don't know so that's you, Mark. Some, <laughs> i don't know if i believe it <laughs> so some of that just that that statement struck me as a little bit like um you know gl- a glass house yeah yeah you know. yeah game devs weird <laughs> uh speed runs speed runs yes uh mario uh no. tula Whoa, oh, Mar- Martha, you're so fast. Whoa. <laughs> um, a, a, a tool assisted speedrun. I think we talked about that in our speedrun episode, but a tool assisted speedrun is um, a speedrun where like somebody used a computer to do all of the movements and such. Yeah. Um, in a Mario game, uh, which Mario game was it? It was Super Mario Brothers. Ah, okay. It's the one people speedrun. Yeah, that's true. Um, that uh, record was beaten by one frame. Yeah. Which, wow. If you've looked into Mario speedrunning, it's super fascinating because Mario in particular has this interesting thing called the 21-frame rule. Oh, where, yes, that's right. Um, if, you, if you do really well on a certain level, uh, there's a certain time that if you beat it, um, and you beat it any faster in a range of 21 frames, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Because the game will load the next level always at, in intervals of 21 frames. Yeah. So if you, you know, if you beat something by 20 frames, your last record then the game will just pause for 20 frames, depending on exactly where it is, right? Yeah. So a lot of speedrunning is based on trying to hit that point where you're, um, where there's the minimal amount of delay between your completion and the next thing, trying to be, get a, a new frame rule, they call it. Mm-hmm. And so speedrunning in Mario doesn't really matter at a, to, in a certain point until the final level yeah. because the rules of Mario speedrunning, and this is arbitrary, is that the speedrun ends when you hit the axe uh, to launch, to drop Bowser in the final right, level. Yeah. It's not when you see the princess. It's not when it says press B to start a new world. Yeah, and traditionally in most speedrun things, it's as soon as your controls are taken from you. Right, and and sometimes there's debate as to when that actually is. Yeah. And I've seen speedruns where like they include a couple of seconds of the closing uh, cutscene before like a thing shows on screen. Yeah. Like it's just decided amongst the community. Right, yeah. And so there's an interesting thing about, so this tool assisted speed run beat that last level by one frame because uh-huh. that's the difference you can finally sure, make. Sure, okay. And it used a set of rules that is uh, technically possible by a player. Mm. So you can't, there's, uh, in Mario, if you press left and right at the same time, you can you can get some cheat kind of going, yep. but you can't do that on a controller. Right. So it's not allowed in, in these certain types of things. Ah, I didn't know that. Anyways, probably. so, well, yeah, we'll put that probably, I've gone on mo- more than I expected to, but it's really interesting <laughs> yeah. uh, just to learn all about Mario speedrunning and this particular case of, it's like basically like, everyone's like, okay, finally, we now have, there's now a chance that we could do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's really interesting. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Xbox One X All Digital Edition? What does that mean? You haven't heard of this? No. It's just an Xbox One S, uh-huh. uh, which is the lower end. Uh, actually, it's slightly faster than the original Xbox One, but whatever. Ah, it's okay. the, of the two they sell now. Yeah, yeah. It's just that without a disk drive. Um, oh, 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 okay. And so it's supposed to be a little cheaper. Sure. Although the Xbox One S already retails for about the price in terms of like actual in an actual store. Mm-hmm. Retails for what they expect to sell this for, so it's kind of weird. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's basically, it's the first console, uh, like main uh, uh, player console, yeah. that has no, no, you cannot put a game into it. Oh, it's yeah. all digital and uh it, it was kind of announced with little fanfare yeah uh, partly because it's not that huge of a discount compared right. to the other one yeah uh and the other one will play like high uh 4k blu-ray so like there's a lot of there's some downsides yeah um but as personally as someone who i buy all my games digitally now mm-hmm. um it, like and a lot of people do as well yeah. it just mm, was not a lot of hubbub about it. it yeah i guess it's not a big deal because like yeah that's how people buy games now most of the time right but compare that to 2012 when the xbox one was announced 
and there was some hint of uh, sort of an all digital element to it. Yeah, people were up in arms yeah, about, about what that meant for consumer freedom. Yeah, um, think about it's really like you know uh, I buy games digitally, but that means I. I have to pay full price on a game that's probably $15 off at GameStop because it's six months old. Yep. Um, I do that for the convenience and I pay that, but I don't like that I, that I do that mm-hmm. because I, there isn't market competition amongst the various retailers, right? right? Yeah. The way there is in a real retail environment. So mm-hmm. there's, there isn't those forces that drive prices down. Yeah. Uh, you can't buy used games for $8. Yeah. Necessarily. Oh, I guess so. As a right? result of this, uh, this encourages players to use the digital yeah use that the storefront that is only on xbox one yeah and as a result yeah there's no can you buy them off not on x the store on xbox one i think if you can get a code somehow then yeah because i think yeah. i think xbox has a a code system where you can enter in uh, yeah i think that makes sense i guess it's probably like when you, you if you buy a blu-ray thing you can get the digital download or something is something like, yeah. yeah i i guess i don't know all the details on okay. how all the stores handle these things yeah um but so it, it is possible but, but like, in general it it funnels those customers onto the xbox store right to buy all their games yeah and at least for now uh digital games aren't cheaper than physical games mm-hmm. and that's more of a psychological perception thing mm-hmm. um, even though there's a lot less overhead so there's more profit for the platform holder there is ultimately more profit for the publisher and perhaps for the developer yeah um you know we at this level of any development i mean do any of us think we're going to sell a game in a box in a store oh yeah that's true. in our lifetime no, no. so like Oh, but although if one gets popular enough, you can get them like little limited runs of them. Yep, yeah. L- limited run games. There's a couple of other publishers who specialize in taking indie hits and putting them in stores uh, for collector values. Right. Yeah, um, that's true. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's interesting because I think it just hasn't been talked about a lot in the way that, that what it really means for the next generation of consoles is going to be. And uh, especially like Google Stadia is all online. Right. Yeah. And like people haven't talked about it in the same way. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's not a box you put in your living room. And so it doesn't feel like the same kind of thing taken away from you. Yeah. And we're all used to our cell phones having one source to buy games. Yeah. Even, on, even on Android where you don't have to do it. People are used to just one place. That's right? what annoys me. I, because so many places don't put them out because you can just have them download a, like a store on your website where you can buy them yeah. and buy some like an app or a game and then you can download them onto your phone which is how i've done like most of the games i have on my phone i bought from humble bundle yeah and then because that's the only like everyone else is like go to the app store i'm like i don't want google to know what i have on my phone thank you very much <laughs> but that's my rant anyway <laughs> um speaking of xbox yeah trash talk time <laughs> oh, you okay. wrote on here <laughs> yeah i've uh, <laughs> i like the transition because there was no context speaking of xbox trash talk <laughs> it's just an article i saw about um the microsoft put out a little guideline for like how to trash talk yeah a way of saying like don't use a racial slur instead <laughs> call them a knucklehead yeah like that's basically what it is it's very charming the articles i read about it, it was a couple all thought this was cute mm-hmm. and also it seemed like oh this is actually a good service it might not be that effective yeah but it's nice that microsoft is not saying don't be mean yeah because so- that's impossible they're saying like if you're gonna yell at your opponents mm-hmm. if you're gonna insult them like here's how to do it yeah Use insults from the 13th century. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, like, I I think it's good that, like, they're telling you not to use, you know, racial slurs or something like that. Yeah, it's good. That's, I mean, again, real, real proud of them. I mean, (laughs) yes. But, like, when I read the trash talk stuff, I was like, these things are pretty offensive, too. That, that, see, that's the point I was going to make. Yeah. Is that, 
Um, maybe it's because I don't play a lot of competitive games, uh-huh. and when I play multiplayer games, I'm sort of oddly silent. Yeah, but like, oh. <laughs> like I, th- I think trash talk is not cool. Like, I don't care that it's fun or that it's charming or people don't take it seriously. Yeah, I think like even the examples Microsoft put in there, like, like when you said like, oh, come back when you can, you know, aim uh, when you have like a proper aim or whatever. Like, what? yeah, it's all very, That's it's all mean. very, it's all very calm, right? But like, and very seemingly harmless. But mm-hmm. to me, it's like. No, that's bad. That's still mean. Like, well, it's like I think that I think that trash talk is fine in certain circumstances, not when you're playing against random people because you don't. Know when you're playing person. against uh, Charles. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> well, I'm gonna insult the heck out of him, but <laughs> I'm not gonna do that against some random person because yeah. I don't know them and it like they don't know me, and like yeah. I, I like when I'm if if you're just a person walking down the street and you just randomly insult people on the street. That feels much worse than if it's somebody you already have a relationship with because you can tell when they're just playing yeah. or like oh, yeah, they're absolutely. in the moment. Right. There's the uh, uh, friendly jibes and whatever uh, data, data called it. Like, oh, <laughs> oh I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, jocular, yeah like, jocular insults jocular like, insults yes you know just like amongst friends like yeah there's a there's a relationship there there's there's an understanding of what people right, mean. we have playful banter uh, amongst ourselves in the on the show yeah yeah but like we all have an understanding of that and like yeah we that is our relationship but like if somebody were to come up to me on the street and uh say that sucked get good and, and then come back when your kd is over one i'm reading it off of the yeah that I, I mean, I would feel much more insulted in that case. And I think it's interesting because, like, what's the motivation for like the the toxic people are not going to read this and take it seriously? But yeah. like, the effort is sort of being praised as like a oh, fighting the good fight against an impossible challenge. Mm-hmm. But like, is it a, a recognition of the fact that you cannot stop trash talk? It's going to happen in a case which is also kind of sad. Say like, can you not build an infrastructure that discourages it? And then you have to say, well, if it's there, we have to deal with it because there's a realistic. There's a real politic almost element to it. Yeah. And I guess I understand that, but I also think that it's almost, it's then endorsing an imperfect uh, attitude. Sure. Um, maybe listeners who are like really big into competitive games, because like when you get emotional, there's that, like, I don't have that experience, so I don't understand, I cannot relate to the idea of when that would feel good. Yeah. And, and also when it would feel good in a way that also doesn't feel like I'm actually insulting someone. Sure. Um, and I, I, no, which isn't to say that people who, even people who are like the worst of the worst, I'm sure they don't know how bad they're being. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of the defense is like, oh, I was just go- joking or whatever, which is mm-hmm. bad. But mm-hmm. like, um, I'm, I, I can't, I just can't relate to that attitude. And I feel like, can't we build a society where like that, where we're less likely to want to, I don't know. I just, yeah. I, well, okay. So the way I approach trash talk, uh-huh. um, is I put some skin in the game ahead of time. Uh-huh. Cause then like, if I get, if I lose, then it's on me. Um, and then they get to that. Like, I'm, I'm like giving them an open invitation to insult me if I, if I do poorly, yeah. but otherwise I'm like saying, oh, you're going to get wrecked and ahead of time that'll motivate them to try harder. And then like it, afterwards, you don't have to say anything. It might be a anyway. case of like, give as good as you get. And yeah. my, like my reaction to it might be just the fact that like, I don't, I'm, I don't think it doesn't seem fun to like insult people that way. Uh-huh. And I don't want to be insulted that way. Yeah. Even if everyone's intentions are fine. Yeah. Like that just doesn't seem fun to me. Sure. And maybe that's, maybe if it seems fun to you, then no one does get hurt. I don't know. I'd be curious to see other perspectives on this because yeah. my reaction to this was like, this is actually bad. Like to actually just endorse trash talk at all. Yeah. I mean, maybe the, the only solution and alternate is just to like say it's bad, but then not be able to do anything about it. And I don't know if that's better. Yeah, I sub. I suppose also there maybe is more context in because I've only read the trash talk examples that they had and the you know the really bad trash talk examples that they had, but I don't know all the context of like how they were portraying it because maybe they were yeah. saying maybe like the way you're saying the trash talk is like that sucked 
get good and then come back when your KD is over one. I don't know. <laughs> you sound more friendly about it. That's Jeez, crazy. that would like rock me to my core. If you were that charming about it. Yeah. You're like, oh my God. He must really think that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, um, but I, yeah, I, I don't know the full context on how like Xbox yeah. is approaching it. Um, but yeah, I, I um, yeah, when I first read the thing about this, I was yeah, I was like, no, this is these are still pretty insulting. Yeah. Um, but Martha, you play competitive know. games, but you generally prefer to do it with people you know. Like yeah, you've talked about like yeah. going into matches with yes. strangers and just getting very little out of it. Well, I mean, it depends because like Overwatch, I will play. I like playing by myself way more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's just random and I'm against, I don't know, no one really interacts very much in Overwatch, I don't think. Okay. It, at least I don't have any of those things turned on. Ah. So I just play uh, and it's way easier than having to coordinate with everybody uh, and we don't get shreked because there are a couple good people in my friend group and so they like bring our matchmaking <laughs> up and then we lose constantly because they're like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's frustrating anyway so yeah I actually you ride their like, coattails straight to defeat <laughs> yeah exactly so i don't know I'm, that's contradicting your statement but well no i mean i'm I'm curious like uh i don't because i don't play a lot of competitive games i don't know how bad it is like i mean league is pretty bad yeah mm-hmm. they've been making steps to make it better uh i think like yeah uh, originally i i follow a little bit of how like riot games would approach it yeah. they originally approached it by like punishing people who were extremely bad mm-hmm. um but then they started going you know what we should really be rewarding people and encouraging people to just be better and that's what micro this is the approach that microsoft is trying to do yeah yeah i mean better in that like you're still doing trash talk but you're not like you know throwing out slurs i guess that's what i mean is like this idea of like what because whenever i hear about this like yeah. oh, we're trying to improve this toxic culture yeah and i i tend to um i tend to trust people who uh, know more about it than i do about what that means and how effective those efforts are right but when i see examples like this i'm like oh wait a minute like when they say improve toxic culture are they still not going after the sacred cows of 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 the way that we interact with each other okay online like we should just have a button that says i'm frustrated <laughs> just match that button whenever i'm playing league you know that's yeah. that's been nintendo's attitude is mm-hmm. to have these like curated uh reactions that that encourage uh, a a suite of behavior yeah the problem is is that they are very frequently co-opted to mean other things yes and additionally like players will just do something else that will make it worse like there's the whole teabagging thing on smash well that's it yeah the whole idea of a crouch being turned into this thing yeah. and now is, is officially supported in some games yeah and it becomes this like language it's like is it so hard to fight and is it also so kind of at least a little appealing to some people mm-hmm. that they're not interested in actually changing the wider culture to prevent people from wanting to do that yeah um rather than just banning them from doing it yeah um i don't know maybe that's maybe that's unrealistic uh well yeah i think there's an aspect in competitiveness that will like you know you want to um you want to start this trash talk thing um in, in some ways cuz also like there's a little bit of a psychological play to it because, like, if you insult them to a point where they get angry about it, they'll start messing up more in their yeah. game. Yeah, you've talked um, about that with fighting games, yeah. like getting in someone's head. Yeah, but um, like on the stage when you're playing in a tournament setting, it's yeah. like it's sort of an understanding, and it's a person you're playing with in person most cases. Yeah, case. so like you can get punched if you say something bad, <laughs> where yeah. you can't if you're playing on online. So like it, it's yeah. different. It's different. I, that's probably where you and I split because yeah. like. That is a line that I feel is not that no one should cross. Mm. Like that does not seem fair play. Okay. Um. 
even I don't if uh, if two players are comfortable with that style of play, and yeah. I think most people are. Yeah. So I don't think there's a problem that needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I don't like that. That's a part of it. Sure. Um, and I think that that comes down. That's some of this sort of stuff. It's like if we take it as red that it's that this extra textual element of competition mm-hmm. is encouraged and strategic. Then it becomes well, like what else, what are the tools we use to do that? Yeah. And that and that that means it's then it becomes preposterous to try to convince anybody that they shouldn't trash talk because it actually has mechanical effectiveness. Yeah. I think there's you know? also a point to be made that like uh, people who are not interested in trash talk, like, like yourself, mm-hmm. um, um, are just not interested at all in engaging with these kinds of games because they tend to encourage some right. form of trash talk or like not discourage it enough. And ultimately, so. that's, that's, that's okay, right? If yeah. you don't like a mechanic in a game, mm-hmm. the, the developer does not owe you a version that you will like yeah um i think the difference is is it becomes a matter of like if no games are ever developed without that yeah you know uh becomes a a, a, then you're locking off an audience of people Mm. uh from that from a genre from a style or something yeah yeah i don't know i don't have an answer and i feel like i'm i think i'm an extreme example of how much i dislike this this sort of thing i think i don't think i'm gonna have a lot of people on my on my side well maybe we should talk about it in a future episode maybe that'd be fun i'd like to hear from listeners yeah um definitely let us know what you think you know what Everybody can like. Everybody? Everybody can like Detective Pikachu, at least <laughs> from the trailer. Everybody, everybody seems to. <laughs> Speaking of things people don't agree with me about. <laughs> I'm very like excited. It's a fun movie, yeah. I was, I it's was... getting really good reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, this is from movie reviewers. This isn't from Pokemon <laughs> super fans. Right. Although, time working the way it does, I think a lot of working movie reviewers are also Pokemon fans. That's fair. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's being well received. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. com- it comes out soonish. I don't know when. I have uh, a complaint about how you put this in the here, though, Mark. Mm-hmm. You said Detective Pikachu is best reviewed video game ever, movie ever, and um, I don't. I mean, that might be true, but it's. I don't think it's the best <laughs> video game movie ever. I said best reviewed. I, I didn't know, say best like, reviewed by Steven. I know, but immediately I said immediately I saw that and I was like, no, because uh, the the Prince of Persia movie is good. Really? Yes, I liked it. It's good. It's fun. Dale liked that movie too. Yes, Dale, where are you? <laughs> she just Come left. Come support me. <laughs> I okay. mean, Jake Gyllenhaal only gets you so much. <laughs> I thought it was just a fun movie. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not expecting my video game uh, yeah. movie to like make me cry. I just want it to be fun. <laughs> so, well, apparently, Detective Pikachu has all the feels. So. Oh, oh, dang. Okay. Well, maybe I'll cry at this one. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just. It's just going to be an insufferable couple of weeks for me. Oh, uh, where yeah. everyone is like talking about how great it is and and how it's so it's like true that to week spirit. Pokemon Go was really popular around oh here, and God. you had to co- go along with all of us walking around. I was the man. <laughs> I was such a humbug. Like, <laughs> like yeah. it was not a good look for me. Like, <laughs> I mean, I feel that way whenever anybody, my like all everybody in my office is talking about Game of Thrones, and they just keep bringing it up. I'm like, yeah. I do not care, but I I can't tell them that. See, that's the difference. Is yeah. Game of Thrones? There is a culture of people who are like everyone loves Game of Thrones, but I don't. Yeah. Like there's a whole culture of people like well, that. I haven't found any of those people yet. <laughs> right. But it, it's an acceptable attitude. Okay. <laughs> me being all humbug about Pokemon Go, no one has paid. Yeah, that's for that. kind of a that's a that's a hard sell there, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what also is a hard sell apparently? The Sonic movie. Oh, yeah. Sonic, yeah, it's not uh it does doesn't the look good. The trailer just came out. The yeah. inter- internet was like, haha, this is all terrible. Mm. And then uh, the director uh-huh. of the movie what? said, Okay, we've heard you. <laughs> We're going to change the design of this character. Yeah. 
Um, which is interesting. Which we all have thoughts on. Yes. Right? Yeah. I like. Uh, I mean, I guess my initial concern was like, oh man, you're going to force all these people to work all this time to get this thing out. But I don't know if that's actually the case because I don't. I don't. I only have an understanding of it from a video game standpoint. Right. And so <laughs> I've been approaching it after hearing all these news about over people getting overworked and laid off and all this other stuff. And I was like, oh no, this probably happens in movies too. But does it? I don't know. Uh, so that, that was my initial reaction to it, though. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so the idea... I also thought that. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I was waiting for your reaction. Yeah, so I think there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of tweets were like, oh, the movies will finally... Uh, it'll be the most... Uh, video game movie ever because it will have crunch oh boy and that's a very funny joke yeah but also um, I don't think people know that movies are already uh, a nightmare work environment mm. for special effects artists oh um, that has been long uh, uh, the case okay um, video games don't have all the pain and suffering <laughs> they have quite a bit of it but, yeah um, and but there's also other people saying like oh you know what it actually won't be that difficult. Uh, they they have all their 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 rigs set up and animations already done. Mm-hmm. They'll just change some of the geometry on the model and then re-render it all. And it'll yeah, be, you know, it'll be work, but it'll be fine. Yeah. And then the reaction to that on Twitter is, oh, how ignorant are all these people thinking it will be easy? Yeah. The truth is, is nobody knows. Yeah. Like <laughs> the workflow for this movie is gonna it has its own particular thing. It, there might be parts of it that will be easy. There'll be parts of it that'll be very difficult. Yeah. There'll be certain shots that the director will want to put more effort into. There'll be certain elements where Sonic holds something in his hand, and if they decide to make the hands bigger, then there's a different thing there. They might have to do some reshoots. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not really... I think that people who are on Twitter with confidence that it will either be... It'll be some work, but you know, not as hard as you think. Mm-hmm. Or like, I can't believe how ignorant you are to how hard this is going to be. Yeah. I think neither of those people know what they're talking about. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and you know, and I'm I'm also I don't know exactly I don't know uh, how difficult it will be. Yeah. Um. I don't know if it's the right decision, but like, think of it. If I'm the director of this movie and a big trailer came out and everybody hated it, mm-hmm. like maybe making those changes is what's going to make sure everybody gets paid. Like, so the movie does yeah, well. That's like, a good true. point. Too. You know, like yeah. I think no one's <sighs> talked about like maybe this is maybe they felt they had to make this decision to save the movie yeah, yeah like because of a bunch of angry internet people who like just can't stand that sonic doesn't look exactly right because when i saw that trailer i was like wow that's a terrible looking design i don't care like yeah, i kind of don't care that much about the design i was either. a genesis kid like i love sonic the hedgehog uh-huh. like you can't do it right like it's not gonna be great yeah like, it's not whatever. Be perfect yeah i i why my offense with that trailer was just there was just nothing redeeming about it Nothing in it I could even, I even found entertaining. I you don't find James Marsden super charming? Uh, in a lot of cases, yes. Not in this movie. Uh, <laughs> and I was disappointed, too, because... Uh, uh, oh, geez. Who plays Dr. Robotnik? What's his name? Jim Carrey. Thank you. Jim Carrey. Uh, I was like, this is great casting. I, I feel like he would do a good job playing yeah. Dr. Robotnik. Um, but like his whole thing in that, I just did not find interesting at all. So, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of the reaction was like, oh, Jim Carrey is perfect for Robotnik yeah. and, the so- and Sonic is terrible. How'd they get one thing right? And I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I- I'm just like, it's a kid's movie. It's like how you do that. How do you- it's like basically it's just E.T., right? It's mm. like a, oh. an alien that you have to hide from the authorities. Like that's, that's a tropey idea. It doesn't really and fit the world very, of Sonic. It actually works because Sonic looks really creepy and I hated <laughs> E.T. even hid behind the couch. <laughs> yeah. So at all tracks. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see when um, they're... They do their their fixes and stuff, and then they show the new design of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see what, at the very least, what Sonic will look like. 
That'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they change. Like, will they change the actual proportions of the character? Because people like complaints about that. Mm-hmm. Will they just be about the face? Will they just move do something with the teeth? Uh, ultimately, what's going to happen <laughs> is they're not going to do enough of, to satisfy people. Oh, yeah. And th- that's no matter how much work they spend, I'm yeah. almost certain that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, 20% of the people will always love your work. 20% of the people will always hate your work. <laughs> and all you have to worry about is the 60% in the middle. Mm hmm. <laughs> True. So hopefully they can please the six percent in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and hopefully we did too. Yeah. <laughs> you should really start doing more transitions into the outro. Okay. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Uh, that's our show. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app. Be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or a nice like us. We need to know you're out there, so leave a review and tell all your friends too. We also want to hear directly from you, so follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club and email us at contact at nicegames.club. Lastly, you can find out more about the show and your nice hosts, as well as get all the links and notes from this and other episodes at nicegames.club. And so, Until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. All your coverage right now is Game of Thrones, like the whole thing. Oh, man. Oh, no. I have to say. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) The network. (laughs) It's like right here. Oh, it's so annoying. I'll wait. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I think we're good.